Hey everyone, this is Eric. Uh, thanks so much for tuning in. Just wanted to check in real quick before we start the episode. First off, I hope this finds you well. I'm just getting over a cold, um, so you can probably hear it in my voice, but things are good over here. Just keeping busy, trying to stay positive, and forging ahead into the new year. There's lots of exciting things on the horizon, and um, many things to share in the coming weeks. But for now, a couple quick announcements. My band Jerome's Dream has announced their first handful of shows in 2024 in February on the East Coast with our old pals Sinaloa. A couple other tours coming up. Loma Prieta is doing a handful of West Coast dates starting tonight in San Francisco. Be sure to check them out if they're coming through your town. City of Caterpillar will also be on tour next month with Pianos Become the Teeth. Also next month, Touche Amore will be doing some dates with Deaf Heaven. Seisha just announced a show in Chicago alongside Page 99, City of Caterpillar, and Crowning at the Metro April 24th, 2024, and that is a benefit show for the Chicago Freedom School. Lastly, Angel Hair just announced this morning that they will be releasing remastered music via 31G. All of that stuff will be in the description below. And um, what else? I'm running my first half marathon trail run this Sunday, so yeah, maybe wish me luck on that. We'll see how I do. I'm kind of getting over a cold, so we'll see. Um, yeah, last thing before we start the episode, if you haven't already, please subscribe to the pod, rate and review when you have a chance, and keep sharing this thing with your friends. I see all of you. I really appreciate all of your support, all the shares, all the comments. It's been an amazing thing to see, and it seems like a lot of you are really enjoying this thing. So thank you, thank you, thank you. Um, feel free to hit me up, you know, via DM or comment or whatever. Um, I think you can even leave a voicemail via the uh, podcast platforms. So yeah, come at me with anything you'd like, and um, we'll just keep this thing moving. You're listening to Microspy, a podcast that takes a closer look at the lives and work of musicians and creatives I admire. My name is Eric Ratzberger. In this episode, I speak with Brandon Evans, member of the bands City of Caterpillar and Page 99. Brandon and I discuss the magic of music, DIY ethos, Richmond's vibrant hardcore scene, and how playing in City of Caterpillar and Page 99 is the same, but entirely different. We also talk about friendship and the wild nature of connection and community through music, specifically punk. So without further ado, here is my conversation with Brandon Evans of City of Caterpillar and Page 99. I was thinking before we linked up here how it was really nice to have had that impromptu dinner when you guys were here in Oakland, kind of a serendipitous moment where Jeff and I were crossing the street and lo and behold, you're just hanging out in the corner 
seemingly waiting for us. It's almost as if you knew we were coming. How is it costing you? That's how they do it out there in Oakland. Yeah. It was so great to see you guys play live in this new life that we're, we're in, this new era of music and our lives as lifer punks i guess you would say but i loved that we we got to to hang out a little bit before the show and just kind of share the ideas yeah it was great how did that feel as far as the the shows the tour with loma and entry like i imagine it was probably quite cathartic for you guys i mean i'm very extremely grateful always to play shows like in anything and for it to be that you know city caterpillar back together uh Again, at this point, it's yeah, it's very magical, and 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 spiritual. I find now, like for me, that's what I gathered when we were chatting at dinner. I quickly realized that you, I feel like you know we we share a kind of a similar relationship with the music and sort of the overall, I don't know, culture of this music. Uh, mm-hmm. it, there's just, there seems to be a deeper connection than just playing loud and heavy, right? Oh, for sure. I mean, for me, I mean, you know, everybody's different as to their interests, but to me, it's, it's not just that it's just music and getting to be a part of anything that, I mean, obviously once there's a scene involved too, and people are excited, that's a whole nother realm. You get a room full of energetic people. It really makes life special. It's what drew me into it, you know, and when I was young in the first place, but, uh, it does, I mean, just getting the chance to play it to people and be a part of something is always nice and all kind all forms of music yeah and kind of working backwards from from now in you know the existence of the band and and what you guys have already done this year and what you're about to do in, in the coming couple months because i know you have you're, you guys aren't finished yet you still have some stuff <laughs> some stuff coming up but as far as like, <laughs> we're close to being done <laughs> <laughs> Just around the corner, I mean, but um, you just don't know. As far as what you guys experienced this year with, I mean, I, I just realized that you mm-hmm. you came out with the new record just over a year ago. Mm-hmm. So kind of weird. Uh, yeah, I, I mean, I mean what a blur, been. right? Like how how has this year felt for you between not only the making of the record but the release of the record, and then bringing it to the stage live in front of you know, people who either may have seen you way back when, or, or maybe even like a new set of people, which I imagine you probably noticed that, that there was a lot of like newer people in the mix who were so, so stoked that you're, mm-hmm. you're back. Well, yeah, I mean, that always floors me, but it's magical to see uh, the the youth, uh, new generations really like taking charge and taking over in a good, beautiful way lately, I find in the past couple of years. And to have people even still care to hear or pay attention to City Caterpillar is definitely, you know, uh, I don't. It's just flooring. That's yeah. That's the word I go to. But uh, yeah, as far as the record, like it's kind of funny for us because I think we all felt that this way. Is like, I mean, we wrote it and recorded it basically, and then we sat on a finished product for like over. Eight. It was like. I don't know, it felt like a year and a half or something, like from when we finished recording it till it came out. And, so, and, and what was, was that What was that um, attributed to? Was that like a thing where you weren't sure who, uh, who was going to release it? or Right, yeah, yeah, like finding someone who wanted to release it, um, trying to find a label, basically. And then 
and then just waiting for that uh, cycle of when it worked for them to come out, you know. So it was it was a big wait, and then we weren't going to just play shows during that time until it came out. So there was definitely like you know a couple years of yeah. Like really, we basically recorded it, and then we didn't practice for like another <laughs> year plus. Oh my god! Like literally, what was the spark initially to? have everyone get back together and you know basically revisit this creative headspace where it's like okay it's been 20 years but let's make a record let's let's oh. write new songs let's collaborate let's let's do this together now like why well why what, was this you? What, what was y'all's reason <laughs> <laughs> we'll I'm get sure back to I'm that i'm sure it's pretty much exact same well, so was everyone in touch over the years or was it kind yeah, of like... Yeah, totally. We've all been in bands this whole time, like in multiple projects all in and out in different states and things and moved yeah, around. And yeah. Same as you guys, I know. Uh, and, you know, we've dabbled in different genres too, you know, like kind of explored very far off since then. Uh, so I think it was, I don't know, maybe I just assume all this is known, but, you know, we did those reunion tours which all just kind of stemmed from like, it was just supposed to be like a show or two for like Tony Fresta's 40th birthday. Like, <laughs> like it wasn't like supposed to be kind of anything in our minds, like, like for that we thought others like actually cared so much about. It was just sort of like, would we do it? We were asked to do it. And it was sort of kind of like, every time it had come up before, it was like a no, you know, like whatever from somebody or whatever. It just never happened. And then, for whatever reason, everyone's lives were in this weird spot where we were just like, okay. And then that just expanded and kept going. And then while we were doing that, it went very well. We were all very, extremely excited to be with each other again and like get chances to hang out because we were all in different states when that happened. Yeah. And play that kind of, you know, to play this punk that just is in our veins, really. Like, So the epicenter of all this is Richmond, Virginia for right. everyone, yes. right? I mean, everyone was from Virginia. Yeah, yeah. But you're currently in New York now, right? No, I actually uh, moved back to do that record. Like, because we were like, yeah, we had decided like if we were going to, while we were doing some of those reunion shows, that, that they were, we did them in small chunks and tested things out. We were just like, okay, we'll see if we enjoy that. And we had a great time. And so then we're like, okay, well, maybe we'll do you know, a different area. We, we didn't ever want to play a, a town twice because it just seemed pointless like to do a reunion that way. And so then we were like, well, if we want to keep doing more, we should write a record and do it for ourselves and make it new, you know, and be yeah. excited, excited about it, like for now. So that was like a thought. But then when we were trying it, like we were all in different spaces and different bands, you know, it was impossible kind of trying to orchestrate it. It's pretty impressive that there was an alignment with everyone where you found yeah it just open felt, it space just, to, to walk right through basically it just kind of felt like time collapsed and it was like like a month it felt like sort of like a month after i mean we'd all grown up for so long kind of doing so much together you know so much stuff between patient nine and city caterpillar yeah, stuff yeah. you know because it's a lot of a lot of you know close friends within them within jeff and kevin and those guys are all from northern virginia yeah. and me and ryan are from richmond yeah, so I moved back here because it wasn't really working. It was impossible to use my only time off from work, vacation time to come down and try and write stuff, and it wasn't really getting anywhere. And then the world was shut. You know, I, I, I moved like kind of, 
I think you moved from New York kind of same time. I moved like the beginning of 2021, basically down here. Yeah, right. Um, I actually, n- now that I I recall, I remember we were talking about how you you came you came back down there, um, and so yeah, I I moved. So I was in New York until 20, 2016, and then yeah, I, I I moved out west. Oh, never mind, never mind. I thought you were there longer. Sorry. Yeah, so I was there between two thousand two and twenty sixteen. Gotcha, gotcha. Went went to LA and then basically moved mid pandemic up to maybe that's what you had told me. Yeah, San Francisco in July twenty twenty, and mm. but for similar reasons, you know, um, because Jeff was already living here, and then Sean is up here, and. Um, it only made sense logistically because to your point, it's so difficult to, to get in a creative space and rhythm if you're only there for like a small window of time, you know? Yeah. It's not that it's not possible. It's just, it's just so much pressure. And I find depends on how your style of band and writing, like we're not like these, we're, we're that project really has every one of us show our personality, like, and, and contribute something and change whatever it is. So it takes a while of being like, okay, well, here's the thing. Now let's alter that this way. Let's alter it this way. Where it's not just a riff and like, okay, there we go. If we sent that, like that's kind of how we were trying it at first, and it wasn't working. Mm-hmm. Um, but then once once I did move here, I mean, we pretty much it all came together somehow fast. Like it was probably about half a year, like six months, and it all just like glued. Like and- I mean, we had like probably a whole records worth of stuff we had tried that didn't really work you know as far as like some ideas yeah and, and how often were you guys getting together every week like wh- uh you mean like, like once i moved back here yeah like once you were back down there well um, that's also tricky because jeff had moved back here first so he was in ohio at first when we were trying and, okay and kevin's like out in west virginia now so that's a different state for i don't know most people just hear Virginia, they probably don't forget. But <laughs> very different. <laughs> you know, state. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Not west of Virginia. So it's like a three hour drive from for him. So that's still yeah. close enough to really kind of pull it off, but it's not easy for it. So we basically did it all like like Jeff, me and Ryan together once I moved back mostly. And then Kevin would come like just for like an intense couple days, which is how we were doing it as all of us. And that's when it wasn't very fruitful. Did it feel like you were getting back to how it was, you know, 20 years ago. Um, I mean, the first iteration as, of the band. Yeah. As far as like your creative as as process. Personalities, 100%. We were like, you know, like it, it, we're, it was just, we're just always been long friends and have done things since, but musically. Yeah. It, I think yes, but there was also the reality of 20 years have passed between that record and that, band being a band till now you know so much has changed uh, technologically musically even within things that don't change you know it evolves and then you have that much space of time that you don't want to just pretend doesn't exist right so there was this like trying to discover rediscover it from then but also like add in well what is how do we incorporate the reality of all this time spreading between and all our interests and our, our growth, you know, as people musically. 
and still include it and also make it the same thing that would follow up. So I do, I do think that might have been the harder thing for us sort of to why it wasn't working when we weren't all in the room enough together yeah. to, to, to discover and be excited behind it. Yeah, it seems like you kind of had to sort of revisit the roadmap and figure out like yeah how, but at how, the same time it's connected just, but at the same time it, it is just in the dna of us four when we write together like yeah. I, I it was weird like once we were in the room it was just like yeah, well this was how it happened this is you don't you're not using your brain anymore and then it worked i mean that's kind of a, a rare thing i think that's a really incredible thing to note that chemistry like that just can't be manufactured or replicated it's 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 a really uh unique combination of people and personalities and perspectives and shared vision in a way mm -hmm. it's like you bring you bring your individual perspectives on music and creativity into a room together and then it just creates this thing that like because I, I i like hearing you talk about it because you're almost reflecting on when it happened. It was like, oh yeah, like this is embedded in our DNA. This is how we work. This is how we communicate with each other. This is how it, but how it's always been. At the same time, like it, it seems now me saying that I feel like that's a conscious thing, but it, it was very like not conscious in the moment of when we were doing it. I can only say that now that it's passed and I look sure. at it, I guess. And what, and, and what do you, you think that was about? You probably could replicate this stuff. I don't know. I mean, I'm sure I, people, a talented enough person could. I mean, but maybe we, it could be... we can't, that's for sure. <laughs> I mean, look, maybe it can be replicated, but there's something that um, I took away from seeing you guys here in Oakland was, mm -hmm. uh, you know, there's a lot of newer bands out there who are, I think drawing inspiration from brand, bands like City or, or Page 99 or, uh, you know, so on and so forth, they're, they're drawing from... Like maybe the, anything from that time period. Of yeah, from that era. Sure. And, and, and um, you know, there, there are bands who, who do it really well and, and have, are definitely like into their, in their own realm and they're capturing their own energy, they're capturing their own way of expression and you could really feel it. And then there's some bands that you can kind of see that and, and feel and hear that it's just not, it's just not hitting the way some, some bands hit. And oh, when sure. I saw City, it was really, I mean, it was, it was so great to see you guys live because, well, for one, I hadn't seen you. I think I saw, I think maybe we played one show together or maybe, maybe two, but I think there was, I think we played one show, mm -hmm. but to, to see you guys on stage now after all this time and to get that visceral feeling that I, I always kind of look look for when I go to a show and I just I mean I don't I don't deliberately look for it it's more so like if it comes about then awesome and there's just something about seeing you guys live now and getting this indescribable feeling where it's almost like I'm looking at these people now in like in the present moment in 2023 but it's giving me this feeling and it's not even a feeling of nostalgia it's more so just the, the way the music hits the way it's being executed uh there's just I don't know there's kind of like this unfiltered presentation of what you guys have made and um I, well, I don't think that's actually common at all you know I mean that's how I felt with page 99 as well mm -hmm. 
you know, back in the day, every time you guys played, I mean, I was fucking floored. No joke. Like it gave me chills every single time you closed with that one song. The the yeah, song title yeah, escapes me. But Jesus Christ, you know, and I feel very lucky to have been able to experience that when I was younger. And um, yeah, I mean, I know me you guys, too. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> fucking hell. <laughs> me too, because it's a lot easier to do. <laughs> well, it was a lot of fun being young doing. Oh my god! Wild stuff. I know. Now it's like I have to like deliberately train <laughs> in order to uh, be able to play drums the way I'm playing them now. But good, keep it up, here. Yeah, no stopping. I, yeah. I, I'm gonna try and remain as young as yeah. I can. You know, of course. But yeah, I mean, speak. I mean, we're kind of gonna we're gonna sort of jumping back and forth here. But speaking of like the late '90s, early 2000s, City of Caterpillar and Page 99 were almost running in tandem together. Correct. Mm-hmm. Yeah, one hundred. I mean, I kind of. Ju- uh, let's see how how's it work. Basically, there That's was. That's what I was going to ask you. How did that work? <laughs> well, yeah. I mean, I guess uh, in my perception, in my world of me being involved in anything, I was in a band called Monotonous Fuck before that. Me and Ryan, and mm-hmm. that that became City of Caterpillar. Like basically, that grew out of that. And I could go into that, but that doesn't really matter. I can fast forward it quickly to just it became City of Caterpillar. Uh, and that involved Jeff. That was like kind of, we pulled Jeff in a monotonous fuck. And then that became City of Caterpillar because we were supposed to do this tour with Planes Been Sticking for Stars. And mm. we were just like, there's no way we're not doing that tour. <laughs> so <laughs> we got our roadie, Adam, uh, to be in the band. And that, he, you know, amazing musicians been in so many bands. Uh, and then Jeff. And that's the first iteration of city caterpillar and that's when i really got pulled into the world of like the northern virginia guys um which goes into basically like eric kane was down here in richmond uh i mean george burrito there's this whole crew and they got me close with pigeon nine and basically got me up there to record on a couple records like just go up and do stuff and then that led to me just being in the band basically uh real fast stuff uh, so then they all share, you know, great friends like Kevin and Jeff all went to school with all of them and have done bands since like, like he and Johnny known each other since I think even before elementary school, like, wow, you know, like very close group of people. They are yeah, like, like yeah. me and Ryan are down here, like when we were younger, you know? Uh, so because of all that, and then majority rule became a big part of it too. Like, you know, do everything with, um, with page nine. And so then, Pat ended up playing in majority, I mean, in City Caterpillar for a while after Ryan. So it was all just very connected. So anything that was kind of happening sort of like included other bands. And and really, Page Nine helped City Caterpillar to get involved with level playing, which I think is what sort of like opened up a new world for that project hugely. Because uh, they basically were going to do a Page Nine record. And I'm pretty sure Mike just kind of was like, we'll do it, but we want it to be a split with this band and he kind oh, of right. just made it happen i think i yeah, mean in my yeah. mind I, again this is just a perception of me but but i'm pretty sure that was part like a good part of it you know turn them on to it because they yeah. hadn't heard of us before then but then then yeah. they they loved the, the band so it, it worked out great
what was it like for you to to have both of these bands in your life at that at, like at that time to to be a part right. of these two bands like w- did they serve a, a a similar purpose or were they distinct were they distinctly different from each other as far uh, as just like your role and like your output you mean just me being a member in each band yeah is that and, the question yeah just sort of your personal relationship with both both bands uh i mean from for me being a part of it is completely different i mm-hmm. find i even find the bands are completely different to yeah. me like when i listen to them but i also think they they tap into the exact same world of influences and and like obviously the scene to function within but i you know i played bass in a band and the one and then i play guitar and i know they're very similar instruments but (laughs) you go about it completely different as far as how you're going to write and creatively explore and then you know and then being a a lyric writer and right right one of the vocalists in one i mean obviously i did some stuff in page but that's it wasn't like my role like i wasn't ever going to like take that and like do something like crazy with it unless Chris and Blake needed it or wanted me to like then it's going to be like okay then do it like I'll I'll step up but it's not like a thing whereas with City Caterpillar it was sort of like well no you have to do that <laughs> like we need you doing that like you know it's like a different vibe so yeah there's a lot more different styles of uh, expression different styles of what you're tapping into uh, creatively um, and yeah it, it was very uh hard to keep up with back then because it was so much happening but at the same time you know I was young and wasn't didn't take much to live back then like one being young and two just the time being way cooler <laughs> like as far as <laughs> yeah. you know rent was nothing and like you only had to work a few hours a week to live so it wasn't as hard to pull off but it's still like I was like it was extremely hard on my life to pull off because Pejan was practicing in northern virginia which is two hour drive from here uh or plus sometimes so i would go up every weekend like every single weekend and stay the weekend like two nights and we would practice and hang out and that was great it was a special handful of years of my life but it also like you know puts a strain on life and relationships and things like yeah that. it's 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 a lot to kind of how you have yourself yeah spread so thin and then um, and i, I, I know everyone was basically yeah huh? yeah yeah because there was a lot of other bands happening too ryan was in darkest hour so right. you've torn so much and like to find time within that was very hard to find a practice time or when we could do shows or even you know after that with pat and the band like even though he was more accessible he still he was busy too you know he was in majority rule uh, a lot and i feel like he's doing something else but maybe not maybe it was just hard for us all and but we also wanted to be doing it so much like as much as we did we still felt like we weren't doing that much but when i think back there, I, I know there was one year where i was on tour for more than six months of the year which <sighs> still isn't crazy if you're a professional musician trying but that's very hard on you and taxing like emotionally and, and absolutely physically. my god uh, and you know i'm still envious of all the the amazing bands out there now like are starting and just doing um, you know getting real like backing and, and just pursuing it yeah, yeah like and it and it, it it trumps like what you know it trumps that like what i just said so i i can relate to it but also know like that's that's not easy stuff
I want to go back a little, even a little further. Kind of when when you were a kid, um, in mm -hmm. your in your younger younger years, where did all this start for you in terms of like your first exposures to to music in general, and then you know kind of what led you to punk and hardcore and just like underground music mm -hmm. in general? Like, what was your first entry point to to music? Ooh. Uh, to music was pretty much, uh, you know, I was really into, I guess, breakdancing and all that as a kid and went to like some, I got real lucky that like my, my mom has a twin sister and they won this like radio show thing that got them free tickets to everything at the Coliseum in Richmond for a year. <sighs> so all kinds of amazing stuff, like so much wrestling and like, like monster truck rallies in the, in the Coliseum, which is just psycho because it's so loud. Uh, but I also went to some hip hop shows that I was like really excited about back then, you know, this is like third grade. Um, and that was amazing for me, but also like freaked me out. Cause like, I never heard music that loud. Like, so your first live experience was in a Coliseum. Yeah. 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 It was Houdini and LL Cool J opening. Oh it was amazing. <laughs> like amazing. And then that I went, it's not like, a bad Big way Daddy. to open up the floodgates. Yeah, Big Daddy Kane and like all kinds of stuff. Like, you know, but yeah, that was like my early stuff I was into. And then, you know, started, you know, just it was all like mainstream stuff. Then like uh, middle school, not high school. Middle school, I was really into like hair metal and, and metal and stuff like that. You know, Metallica getting huge and, and you know, the whole hair metal scene, whatever. Like glam, glam, you know. And was that uh, sort of a, a result of just friends and, and people at yeah, school, my, like bringing uh, tapes into school and like walkmans? Yeah, kind of my cousin, really. My cousins ah. got me into it. And then I met, so that then I met these guys at school and uh, they were really into Iron Maiden and like Beatles and, and stuff. And I'm just like, what are these rock? You know, I didn't really listen to a lot of rock until, this is like seventh grade, basically. I was all like, I guess like, you know, like weirdo. <laughs> hip-hop and, and breakdancing and stuff yeah. like before that as younger but yeah so that i got a guitar and got into that and then like ninth grade like when i got into high school is when i started finding the underground and punk and you know nirvana had bleach and stuff like that and then the grunge era like starts and i just was obsessed you know and that got me hugely into like that and then i just went down into the punk world like as soon as i saw my first punk show and like you know it was just crazy richmond had a great punk scene back then too it was huge it was so much yeah i mean i was gonna say that that richmond just seems like one of the the major hubs of incredible music i mean it just it's... i still don't think it's been as good of a scene as then to me maybe but i mean like it was just so lively like yeah. every week there would be like at least one show with like 400 people of a local band like going crazy you know That's like a veil or like four walls fallen or inquisition or you know then then later you get action patrol and all that but all this stuff you know like huge just the richmond people go crazy for them it seemed like it was a pretty easy um scene to walk into because it was it was so it was happening. very quickly yeah like i feel like my third show i suddenly was in a basement and it was merrill playing and they're just rolling around on the ground like not playing their instruments like i they hit the first chords and then they're just rolling everywhere and their guitars are getting broken they're shoving the bass into the ceiling and and the, and throwing it into the cymbals and i'm just like 
what this you can you're allowed to do this and call this music like i'm hooked like this is too cool like like i don't even know if they played a song it was like it was literally like two minutes and i was just like okay well well done whatever you are meryl yeah <laughs> and, you know, then, meryl. Then, then you buy their seven inch and and go down the holes yeah i mean that's that's actually one of one of the holes that we went down when um i think jeff he he picked up a Merrill seven inch. It's probably the same record you're talking about. And I'm like, who the fuck are these guys? Like, yeah, amazing. Um, they were amazing. So if anyone ha- who who's listening and haven't heard Merrill, you should check them out. Because... <laughs> well, I mean, yeah, there's a million though. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. You should check out Merrill. <laughs> check out Merrill. Yeah. Richmond, of course, avail. But then um, I think of bands like 400 years and like sleepy mm-hmm. Tank trio and like all yeah so that's like, like a little later you know right, right, that's like course. once i'm in college i mean i'm talking i mean you're talking about you know the 1800s here that's true, that's true. <laughs> the 1800s of screamo yeah i know well that's the other thing too the, the crazy thing about even reflecting on this and, and sort of revisiting the timelines of things when you're around long enough you realize oh my god this this has been a long time you know yeah. the, the fact that like you know some of us are still around kicking creating music and getting out there and you know doing what I we mean, can to, to remain yeah. involved but man what a what a crazy couple decades plus you know the idea of punk was invented before i was even born you know like that's crazy yeah it's crazy i'm still like in this world that everybody calls punk you know because like what is punk like i don't know at this point right like it's like if you can do whatever it is you feel you need to express and share with people Mm -hmm. without fear of judgment i think that's pretty fucking punk you know like Mm -hmm. that's the idea right is is like ultimate freedom just to actually explore what you are feeling i think is very important how does it coexist in your daily life in terms of just this awareness of your need to create and you have this amazing platform that i feel like you know a lot of us in our daily lives people surrounding us have no idea that you know you and i'm just presuming that that most like a lot of people whether it's at work or if it's just like different friend groups and stuff who just maybe just don't know this kind of world that you you are you are a part of and have contributed so much to like in your daily life like do you always kind of keep this in your pocket or is it a thing where it's not until you get in a room uh, with your friends and start playing music i don't hide it or anything like that is that what you mean like or do i keep separate lives is that what you're asking <laughs> no, no i just don't not, think not you like know hiding it obviously so i don't just, yeah. i don't visually probably look apart so i don't like i don't stick out of like oh you do that you know so <laughs> uh yeah so i think people maybe get very surprised when they find out sometimes uh, well yeah i mean it's it's like i feel like a lot of us you know we're, we're like mild-mannered people but they yeah, put us on a totally. stage and it's like what the fuck you know yeah, like 100 probably confusing for people 100 percent. i'm a very <laughs> yeah 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 but uh I also think it's kind of like that creativity is like kind of half ruin <laughs> ruins my life. <laughs> like that, <laughs> that, that like constant like wish of it to be something more and to explore like more and more and like try to develop, but also not, you know, uh, 
Do you think it has in you this in a world pattern? <laughs> maybe, maybe, but you know. Also, no. I just think I would love. I have these desires to do so much more. The older I get, it doesn't dwindle. It actually gets more, and that's complex because the older I've gotten, the more societal responsibilities get yeah. pressured upon you. You know. Um, I, I feel the same way. Honestly. So I don't. I don't really know navigating that. But just gets harder and harder. Really. In life now, like what 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 does that look like for you as far as you know, like family and uh, stuff I mean, like that? It's just sort of, it's just sort of there, you know. <laughs> it's just there. It's good at times, bad at times. I don't know. Yeah. Uh, I, I don't know. I don't know how to dive into that question really yet. It's one of those things where it's almost like it's it's just this constant, you know, and it's it's mm-hmm. this ongoing conversation with yourself and the people you're collaborating with and being creative with um mm-hmm. and how to sort of strike a balance as far as yeah. like because i know. feel like i am i'm like if there's something i say i'm a part of like if i if i give the green light and we're doing it with someone that's when i function best like when there's others so for me it's also that so that need of others being willing to sacrifice and make it happen, then it's great and I'll keep going and there's this thing. But when it comes to just me doing it, I'll put on the brakes all the time. You'll put on the brakes all the time? Like yeah, the, yeah, yeah. Like, what, and not just like... That. What do you mean? Not like uh, pursue it further like, and really give all the... Sacrifice as much as you have to do, like time-wise, mm-hmm. uh, and like things in your life. Uh, but I also realize it's like, Oh, I do have these more things I want to do. So it's like finding those balances within other, the right people, like you were saying, like kind of yeah. to, to be creative with in the right moments of life or, or it's like a pocket that you just like kind of can't control. I agree. And it's both like a blessing and a curse, right? It's like, yeah, exactly. uh, it's what I'm trying to express. However you put that in the yeah. words. Yeah, exactly. It's, um, I mean, I feel it too. I think a lot of us do, um, especially, those who have been around for a long time and kind of, you know, understand the importance, you know, the personal, like the, the, the personal relationship and, and importance this stuff has mm-hmm. on our lives and our well-being and all that. And so, yeah, when, when you become older, I mean, it's an interesting conversation. Actually, I, I, I talk about this stuff with Jeff quite a bit and Sean, mm-hmm. um, you know, we sort of, take pause and sort of reflect on where we're at and what we've got going on in our lives in addition to music and and how the bat like striking the balance is hard mm-hmm. as much as we want to just like fucking throw caution to the wind and just get in a van and go yeah. out for six months like you were saying like some of these bands they uh you know they're in a position where they're just hitting the road and yeah touring endlessly because that's kind of like what has to happen you know i mean it doesn't either but like in our minds sometimes like it does well i guess i guess in the sense of of just if if you have a certain ambition to get it to a certain level whether it's exposure whether it's just the overall execution of the thing that you made it's it's i'll just say it's like the thing that mtv kind of stuck in our brain or like maybe it was not mtv but i think it is but like an industry put into our brain of like, well, this is what the rock life is, you know, punk life, whatever <laughs> that is, you know, like, cause all right. these are connected. They're all, it's just being a musician, musical life. 
like that's been painted as part of the picture. So I, yeah, it's an obsession of like, yeah, that's what I want. I want to be out there experiencing that. That's the fun experiences. And I want to see new places. I want to meet people who feel things and like are different, but also similar and just see new things and have great experiences and with people doing music and that are like okay with you as a person like showing that side of yourself and being vulnerable like it's beautiful stuff like there's anybody would be addicted to it you know it's so much so much better than just clocking into a job and that's going to be repetitious and and this is repetitious it is clocking you got to get up and get in the stupid van and sit there for eight hours or ten hours this day or you know maybe you got lucky maybe it's only a three-hour drive but you know that can get well, yeah, repetitious once you start doing it every day and that's rare that people actually get to do that it's so true um yeah there, there's there's this level of repetition but for some reason every single night regardless if you if, if you play the same set and of course you do the same mm-hmm. process but every night because you know you i think you know we're talking a little bit about um just energy and like the magical the magical aspect of it and Uh i think every every performance every every night every time that you play the energy is always like a little bit different and i can understand this idea of it being kind of uh addictive you know because you're sharing this thing in real time it's like full and with your friends hopefully hopefully exactly you know it's like full presence with your friends that you've made something with and then with people that you're sharing it with and mm-hmm. who are giving back to you with their attention and interest in what it is you're, you're doing and expressing. Um, and in that a lot moment. of times that leads to, to friendships too, which 100%. is really special. I mean, obviously if you get to be a bigger band, like, like other bands, sometimes that, that probably doesn't happen anymore, but I haven't experienced too much of that. So <laughs> I guess maybe that's a lucky thing. <laughs> you know, you end up making friends with all these people. I mean, at least with, with our experience, you know, um, being in like the, the punk world, like, and again, just more reflection on just like how amazing this culture actually is in terms of uh, at least the conversations I've been able to have with people like yourself, or uh, it could even be a kid at a show who was, who was expressing their, you know yeah, appreciation that's what, that's what i meant yeah. yeah like like i mean stuff like that is it, it's all amazing to me to just be able to have this kind of social fabric of fellow musicians creators um creatives and people who share a similar appreciation for um i don't know what it creates and what it gives as far as like um a space, yeah, it, you know, like a, a space for everyone to gravitate mm-hmm. towards and participate in, in whatever way they, they want to. Yeah. And I think it expands when you're in, it expands your universe, your actual like space of what you experience the world as. A hundred percent. You know, cause now like, you know, it, it, you know, you know more people than just your town or, you know, like, but it's all just as connected. So it just, it just kind of opens up space yeah yeah I, I like that i like that um way the way you're framing it it opens up space um it's true because 
you know, people can get, can get on an airplane and they can fly to, to Disney World or they can fly to the Eiffel Tower and yeah, okay, you and millions of other people who have mm -hmm. done it before you. But seeing the world through the lens of whether it's touring as, uh, you know, touring in, in, in a band with your friends and having exposure to different places through kids or people who host you and take care of you and mm -hmm. promote the show. And I mean, yeah, there, there, there's so, there's so many countless stories. I feel like we can both recall as far as our mm -hmm. own personal experience with this stuff. And it's just like, how cool is this that we get yes. to live life this way? <laughs> like this is not common. <laughs> it's so cool. I mean, I mean, obviously it, then when it doesn't happen, it, it can be very uncool, <laughs> but well, it, it, it could be it's hard. cool. Yeah. That's what I mean. Like the, yeah. the, the emotional and it can lead to a lot of depressive states of mind, but, but it's so, it's just spiritual. Like to me, that's the word I put to it. Like, it's, yeah. it, cause it's ethereal stuff. You're talking about emotions and like perceptions of emotions and experiences. Yeah. So when you guys when you guys wrapped up tour with Loma and Entry, when you came back home, what was that like for you? Like, how how did you feel post tour, and did it take a while for you to kind of adjust? I mean, I know you were out for uh, what was was it like a week of week? It was just a shows? week. Yeah, it was like eight shows. Um, so it's pretty still, short. Still good. I mean, good yeah, amount. it is. It's beautiful. I mean, I, yeah. I I like I said, like I would love to do more. I would love to have things not in a bad way in a great way um and it was amazing it was like the perfect amount of time to where like definitely not tired not over it mm. in any way um yeah there 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 were some other ones that weren't like i was over it in any way but my like physically like a couple of the two week ones that where there was just points at the end like so many parts were bruised up and things just weren't working anymore <laughs> you know like that you're just like oh dang like definitely need a break and like then when you return back to reality of whatever you know uh with that state of body can be difficult uh but the tours have all been beautiful and so amazing so special yeah uh, and so grateful to have it and you know, always with the hope that there's a lot more coming, but I, I just never know anymore. Like uh, the fact that it's even happening, this project now again is so mesmerizingly like, okay, I never know anymore if any of the bands are actually done. I never know if anymore if the band that you're in is actually going to do anything again. Like that project ended so, so dramatically and, and quick, like twice in the past before anyway. So like I, it could happen again to any project, you know, like I'm, I just, you start becoming aware of a lot of other things with so many experiences. Yeah. That, that's. I, I'm, I'm trying kinda, to be I'm grateful kinda, for it when it happens. For not sure. Worry, not worry like how great or how successful or unsuccessful this felt like now, like more just be like, I can't believe I got to do another one. Let's, let's, let's find a way, a way to make another one happen. Well, I think that's, um, I mean, that comes with wisdom, you know, that's, that's a really, uh, I'm just kind of absorbing your, your take on that because it, it's a very real thing. I think at this point too, you know, when it comes to what may remain or what might mm -hmm. just cease to exist, like you mm -hmm. just kind of don't know. I guess maybe that's also just because I'm dealing with anyone I've been part of stuff with is also 
in similar age ranges. So maybe, you know, if you were like dealing with younger, it wouldn't be so dramatic. And so you could be more ambitious about it. I I mean, potentially, Uh, but at the same time, we've both been in bands that have just just like decided to stop yeah, for whatever yeah, yeah. reason. Yeah, you know, when we were younger, does, and, everything does. It's the it's yeah, life. it's the rule to life. <laughs> but you know, this kind of I'm in, in terms of dot connecting. I'm thinking about the point you were making about well, who says that you have to be on tour for six months right. in order for it to work? Right. So it's like, well, and and that that's why I can really appreciate your perspective on the now. It's like what you have in front of you now, and you know what you. Yeah did this year and the record you made Mm -hmm. a a couple years ago that you know eventually came out last year and like you know in terms of in terms of just seizing the 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 moment of the now and and being you know being grateful for Mm -hmm. for all of it um and it's well because i I really feel the exact same emotions have happened with page 92 and all mm. the reunion stuff like we it's pretty much the exact same and i feel like whenever i talk to like, you know, even you guys, like kind of anybody who has revisited something, but well, you know what? Like, it doesn't even matter if you kept doing music because there's certain individuals within certain bands that I'm talking about, like that also haven't, and they're probably even more grateful. So I don't know. Maybe it, it's just like once once you stop something and get to do it again and it's pleasant, it's just so such a, like a high like you're just like oh man this is so fun to get to be with my old friends again like <laughs> i would never see them like we would never see each other yeah but now we're all in a van again like you know it's like, wild i mean page and i'm mostly saying because it's eight people you know yeah like good god but it's wild though because it's true that music and and specifically this this music that has been made by a group of friends is almost the th- acting as the thread that's keeping everyone together like quite literally you know it's Mm -hmm. like well it's the thread that we've all been obsessed with deep down that you can't get rid of no matter how much you might be into other stuff and other things in in life and good at other things like this was the thing that we all became obsessed with at the right age of life of growth like your teen years and when that happens like i think there's just this obsession that people get you know well, like we said earlier, it, it's kind of embedded in our DNA, and yeah, it, it's something what, that yeah. you can't you can't really shake. Like, I mean, after JD, um, you know, I moved to New York the following mm-hmm. year, and I, I it was I moved like right after you to there. Yeah, it was like two thousand four. Yeah, yeah, exactly. So, and that oh, was actually two thousand three, sort of, because okay, so yeah, you were you were just one, yeah. you were just coming in right after me. Um, but yeah, I mean, that was a moment of trying to grow up you know like going to school and and meeting new people and making new friends that had nothing to do with the hardcore scene or punk rock and it was like mm-hmm. an interesting time of uh, it's almost like the it, it's like we all needed to try and grow up and see what else was out there and to see if we can function within different spaces beyond mm-hmm. the punk scene and i ended up doing that basically for I don't know, 17 years until we, we decided to try and do it again or do some, mm-hmm. some new iteration of it. But similar to what you were saying, as far as like, it doesn't go away. It's like, you can be out there in the world and do your thing, but because it is such a formative time 
for us to be involved in, in this world of DIY shows and discovering music in a milk crate versus Spotify. Like there's just different things that attributed to the burning in our minds and sort mm-hmm. of our bodies of, of like why this is almost an unshakable thing that, you know, we'll, we'll take to the grave. I kind of sort of lost my, my, um, my point, but uh, yeah, okay. I, I'm just sort Talk of ac- about New York. <laughs> that, there's a change for you. <laughs> oh my God. I almost didn't recognize it last time I was there. And that was two it's years wild. ago. It it's is crazy. crazy. But I mean, the world is different period, you know, and that's mm-hmm. why there's almost, it is amazing that while the world is different, there's still this pocket of culture that is, is to me, seemingly thriving you know as far as the punk scene the underground scene diy uh yeah it has to right it's always going to regenerate and make a new generation like yeah it is life like (laughs) thankfully you know like thankfully it's not a forgotten philosophy on how Mm -hmm. how to live and how to you know coexist with with people as far as the 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 community is concerned you know like Mm -hmm. there's such a and again these themes are overlapping on everything we're talking about whether it's making friends at shows seeing different places different cities different towns that you know different people are um or or that you know you're you're basically experiencing what other kids are experiencing like whether it's a band like us from new england going through richmond virginia and like seeing how insane it is down there and what kind of shows you guys were putting on and the bands that were coming out of those parts and and Hmm. i mean that's what was so intriguing for me back in the day was learning of bands like you guys or you know like like you said like a little bit later down the line like like the love it stuff and yeah uh, I I, i didn't even mean that was later down the line as far as like uh, just the era I was talking about right, in that yeah, moment. I, I, I was talking about like basically like, you know, my yeah. 10th grade year. And then that jumped, that probably jumped like four or five years. So right, right. <laughs> that's all I meant. But <laughs> no, but, but totally. But, but that's but, a even better era, you know, because like I was actually part of it then at that point, right, you know, right. then now I'm in a band playing within all that. And well, I mean, not that I wasn't in other bands, but, but yeah. prior, but you know. And then, and then you think about touring, I mean, and stuff. Absolutely. And bands like, you know, the reversal of bands and, and mm-hmm. ass sucks down in Florida. And yeah. Then you I did like, tour with them with Kalara. Yeah. And, and, and that's the thing. It's like, there's all of this crossover and integration. And when you're around long enough, you, you can reflect on it, talk about it, recall it, and just think about people that have crossed your path. And it is pretty extraordinary because it's not through a job that you meet these people, you know, it's, it's, it's through a creatively rich and uh, I don't know, like, it's just, it's just a different landscape in how to experience your life, you know, as a young person and, and as you become older, it's like, you know, most of us, we, we enter our adult life and, and we of course take on, more responsibilities and you know some of us mm-hmm. have families and and kids and mortgages and some some don't like myself but i'm still mm-hmm. a functioning adult but i still have this thing with me at all times and yeah i don't know it, it's uh it's I very find, empowering i think maybe maybe you'll feel the same like i found uh, when you're saying all these things like my brain said 
oh, I enjoyed being a part of the scene so much when I was when I was younger. That's what got me like obsessed and just like doing it because it was just sort of like, oh, these are just my friends and I'm going out and I'm just hanging out. Like yeah. I want to see these people. And then sometimes we would just practice and like if practice happened, I'd be like, oh, that's cool. Like we were just hanging out anyway. So we just like started playing. That was that thought thing for me and the creativity like for myself and my own life was very just sort of like not a driving force it was more just sort of like this is my world and I enjoy music and it's just sort of happening Mm. whereas now it's more like I'm obsessed about the creativity and the exploring of that time yeah and sharing then sharing that with people and having that more be the the drive and then the the secondary part is that oh it's awesome that then it gets to make my life richer not monetarily richer like richer as in go do something else like get out of town or Mm -hmm. go play a show like that would be awesome and and get to be a part of a scene like whereas you know yeah that's that's i think it flip-flopped sort of is what for myself i don't know if that's similar for me and I think for for JD collectively, uh-huh. we, I think the driver for us has always been the the creative output, mm-hmm. and we were we were very insular when we were kids. We were we were just like we wanted to be a part of the scene, but we were so I don't know, just like I, we I were. Mean, every, the scene wasn't awkward. Were awkward. Yeah, I mean we're it's all right. we I were mean, all broken basically. Yeah. But, um, yeah. But we just had a harder time sort of seamlessly kind of waltzing into a group of people. It was almost like people didn't really understand because we were communicating through music, not to sound cheesy, but like that's how that was our point of entry. We were a band and we wanted to get on a show and we would play Mm -hmm. a show and people often in the earlier years didn't really know what we were doing and um, thought we were weird because we didn't talk to the crowd and uh-huh. Jeff and Nick didn't face the crowd. And yeah. so, yeah, it, it, it kind of set us up for failure in that regard. So we just went further inward and just kept creating and kept creating and kept creating. And then, you know, eventually it started to build out. And that's like when we became friends and acquainted with, uh, you know, bands like Orchid or, or, or you guys, Page 99 and, you know, countless others. And that's just because we stayed the course and we just kept doing it our way and everything eventually kind of clicked in but i think to your point about like in your earlier years where you're like this is this is just what i'm a part of i'm hanging with my friends this is like where i want to be this is what i want to do i think now at this point i i think the driver is still the, the creative aspect for us but we're, i think we're just much more um we're just able to I mean, we're we're just not awkward kids anymore. We're we're just mm. awkward adults. But mm-hmm. no, we we um we appreciate both sides of it. And I think riding on the theme of gratitude, um, I feel like now more than ever, we are so so grateful that we still get to do this. Um, but we're as grateful that we get to interface and interact with um, so many people from all over, including our old friends and and people that we brushed elbows with when we were kids like for me like i'm so grateful that i was able to cross a street in fucking oakland california and then we just we just like you know 
recognize each other and it's like oh and then we sat down and had dinner right that's what i meant by space like space expanding like suddenly i'm like can be all the way in oakland and walking a street and it's like i'm in my own town walking and just met somebody that you know like that doesn't really happen like if i wasn't playing the show you wouldn't have been going to that restaurant. I wouldn't have gone to that restaurant. I could be walking to Oakland. I wouldn't run anybody. I wouldn't meet anybody, you know, but right, I was right. going to suddenly now it expands and yes. And there's and an think, importance for a, a day of like, why is someone doing something? And I think that is what makes this whole idea of even continuing to do this so incredibly special. And um... I also find very special, like, like, it's extremely cool to try and get the chance to play and, and, ex- and excite like the youth today, like that. I'm not that I still think I am in my brain. I am stupid, like 20, like it's crazy. <laughs> like yeah. I'm not. And I wish, you know, I guess there's part of me that wishes just like it just worked that way, but it doesn't. And, but that I'm still functioning that way, especially creatively. I mean, so to get a chance to play to people that are still like 18, 15, and they listen to it and are just as excited as when I might've been 20 and wrote it, like it's crazy. Like, and it could be a different style too, you know, but it just happens to be this right now. That part is, is the most special thing to me that, we can still write something now and tap into something now in our era of this project and still like move someone like it's crazy. creative standpoint and from an expressive standpoint what what are you drawing from where where wait, I mean, what's, what's in the well you know like well what's in the what's in that well like what's in that life well what's in you know i mean it's it's interesting because i mean it's just 20, sta- it's the same thing as 20 but it's tw- you know it's like twelve thousand years <laughs> added on top of that yeah. well that's you know? that, that's exactly what i was gonna say it's like like it's like, just more of it <laughs> i know so. but isn't it isn't it fascinating how someone 20 years old or a group of people 20 years old um sometimes even younger can tap into something so substantial Mm -hmm. and they put something on tape that will just carry on and just you know connect with people on a visceral level um and and have have so much meaning for years throughout now 20 years later and like a lifetime of, of more experience, you know, because I, I feel like the the feelings and the emotions that you experience when you're 20 are in some ways, in a, well, in, in a lot of ways, are different from what you're experiencing when you're older, you know, whether it's mm-hmm. twice that age or, or even more, even though there still is some there's still some common thread of course right i guess i guess my question is just like everybody's different i i think mike i think i've 
insanely all the same common threads and it just builds but yeah of course i've changed and there's a lot that's happened but i also find like all the inner whatever you want to call it like whether it's turmoil or or pain or or sadness or the pleasures and the happiness and the good stuff like whatever you're pulling from you know like they're all still like it's just it's just happened more (laughs) but there are i do i do know some special I do know some special people who have like gone through and like really become different people through their lives and like really have like almost like lived multiple lives, you know? Yeah. So there's that, you know, I'm just not one of those people. It's almost been like this steady trajectory of living mm-hmm. and experiencing like building life. And, and, and like trying to, for myself, yeah. apply it to different styles of music, like through, through life, but you know, and it's so that it's exploring and not just doing the same thing. But, it's always still tapping into the same, like up till now, I still haven't, like, I still haven't gone happy. I still never, you know, as far as my <laughs> creative, like, uh, uh, outpour, same. I don't know why that is. I don't, you know, like if you really want to, you know, like explore it, I don't know, you know, like, yeah. but I, I, I don't listen to that music that much either. So as far as, you know, like the stuff I I'm obsessed about usually always is like some kind of like, carry some like darkness to it yeah would you consider yourself to be a generally happy person now or or oh uh, yeah i mean I th- I'm, I'm i'm a pleasant i'm a pleasant friend <laughs> <laughs> yeah you are <laughs> I just, yeah i just got all the issues yeah yeah i mean i i feel we're we're in a similar camp i mean i i feel that i'm a generally pretty all right like I, I'm pretty all right in my my skin. Like I I, mm-hmm. I mean I'm just speaking personally. Like I feel pretty good as you know, just a functioning adult in this fucked up world. But mm-hmm. to to your point about just having the the ability to pull from that place, I definitely have my well of shit that I can very easily pull from, and I don't yeah. know. It's just there, and well, I mean, it's I... not that I'm like being weighted down by it on a daily basis but especially when we get in a room together i definitely have this this access to it Mm. um that i'm honestly grateful for i'm i'm glad we still have that just as i'm sure you know for for you and again we're talking about like this idea of obsession of this thing this overall uh i don't know like opportunity that we have to continue this thing that has given us so much over so many years. It's like, Oh my God. Yeah. To, it's to, such an to amazing to thing do it, to, yeah. These four or like any, you know, like page nine too, like, you know, yeah. whenever there's the talks of things happening, like when to get to be able to do it and share it with these people, like that I know so well and like actually like adore like their talents and, their depths you know like mm-hmm. in in all different realms like each person you know but yeah i mean we're all living in this like you said this fucked up world and like this world is like there, if you can't tap into some personal issues from living in this world like <laughs> that's wild that's another reason why i feel so so grateful to have it because i think if if i didn't and i know that if jeff didn't it would be a far greater struggle to kind of get through the now. I mean, you know, Jeff, conv- well, it's okay to talk about it, but yeah, like he 
has told me you know, several times that in, in the time that we weren't playing music, it was really hard for him. And I don't think he was putting like all the weight on the fact that we weren't playing music or attributed attributed his misery to that. But he was basically just saying like how much it helps in his sort of overall well-being to have this space to to work within. And mm-hmm. again, there's so many benefits to not only being in the room together as a, as a group and being creative, but to what you're saying about the overall landscape it presents itself as far as you know the exposure to to people all over the world who are also they're here for their own reasons but there's a commonality in that the 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 forum is almost the same in a way you know or at least the it's like it's like a canvas that can be painted however anyone wants to paint on it it's like so long as they're there and do you know what i mean like it's just in terms of like the the this the the culture itself it's it's a mm-hmm. very unique it's a very unique place to to have access to and yeah man it's great you know i wouldn't i i just couldn't have imagined our involvement at this point in life but i'm so so thankful that that this is the case you know and i'm i'm so happy to hear how much you get out of it and how much it means to you and the fact that you are still very much um you know you very much have your foot on the gas and you're doing as much as you can within you know what what everyone's able to do together as far as like you know the the bands and all that but your personal Mm -hmm. relationship with it i I just love hearing you kind of articulate this idea of it this idea of it you know being magical and and this idea of the expansion of space. I, I love, I love, I, but I fucking love that because okay. I totally, it resonates with me. Well, that's, that's good to hear. Cause when you hear you're saying it back, I'm like, man, where am I? <laughs> no, that's, yeah, that's pass cool. the joint, man. Yeah. <laughs> exactly. Just kidding. No, but it, it's true. Now, I, I use language like that as well. And it actually reminds me a little bit of, uh, the conversation I had with Walter from Quicksand a few weeks ago, mm, or he cool. was he was talking about this idea of of this life being a choose your own adventure, which is also kind of a similar idea of just mm-hmm. like the space it creates, the opportunities it presents, like this choose your adventure uh, mentality. I just think is so fucking cool. I mean, and that's a- applicable in any context, really. But in, in the realm of Surely. punk and music and creativity, it's like we can kind of steer this however we want, you know. Mm-hmm. I mean, yeah, I, I think I was trying to express that about myself when you were talking, like when I was saying people have different um, whole lives they've led and stuff. It's like, yeah. yeah, you can choose your own adventure. And a lot of times, you know, I think I don't choose a lot of different adventures. Does that make sense? So yeah, maybe I yeah, didn't go yeah. live different lives. I just kind of stuck with my life. Um, but yeah, it is. The potentials are there, you know. And I do, I do understand as far as like, it's like, well, you've almost just been on this one adventure that has opened up so many doors along the way, mm-hmm. um, you know, and I think. Yeah, because anytime I've changed my genre of sound, I still am functioning within the DIY like punk world. Yeah, yeah. And so then it just goes nowhere, really. But I'm not nowhere, but that might sound crazy. <laughs> uh, it, it, it's might I'm going, I might be taking the wrong path is all I'm trying to say within different styles 
when I've done it, like in the past. But that's not like a bad thing. It's just sort of like kind of the reality to it, right? It's like, oh, well, yeah, these kids want this energy in the room, you know? And if you're taking the wrong energy into that room, they're just not going to respond to it because that's not what they're looking for. So that doesn't mean it's good or bad. It's just you put it in a different room and you'll get a different response. You take a different path in life and you'll yeah. have a different life. But if you continue down your path, <laughs> you know, kind of thing. Well, like, so I've always kind of stayed within the punk realm, though, you know, like truly, like Gasly always did, like for the most part, like punk tours and like Skull Kits were still doing shows with like punk friends or indie friends or you know but it's all still in the punk world and that's all beautiful too like it's still great and found very much love but i am very aware that like the people we were playing to are there because of more things like maybe like city caterpillar or page 99 something that's tapping into that world of energy expression yeah does that make sense it makes sense and i i would say that it it doesn't mean that you're on the wrong path. I, no, I understand I what you're I, saying in terms of what people might expect of you because of right. associations. But at the same time, you know, like, fuck it. <laughs> yeah, I, mean, I can um, name a million other artists the same way. Like, that's beautiful, you know. It's like obsessed with Blackheart Procession, like, forever when I was younger. You know, it's like that whole world of San Diego did that. They've explored so many sounds, and everybody loves it. But it's not punk anymore. You know what I mean? Like, but in, uh, they probably never really started punk, but so I don't know what I'm really saying. Well, but they, but you know, they're involved in that world, you know, of it. So it's similar. It is. And I, I, th- I think at the, at the end of the day, so long as you are tapping into whatever it is you need to as a musician and someone who has something to say and something to express, then it, it almost doesn't matter. I mean, I feel like. I think it comes down to just staying the course and staying true to, to whatever it is you feel you need to get down on paper. Not, right. And not... And not worry about, like, the success of it. Like, as far right. as how many people like you, you know. Right, exactly. Which is that... hard, though, because you want to... You still have to survive in the world and feel loved and feel liked and feel like it takes so much energy to make. At the end of the day, people are going to, like, read and look back on... And, and listen to all of this music that was created and to look at the culture it, it helped shape and just be like, fuck, man, that that's like significant. You know, this is crazy because to even recognize that all of these bands from our day are still in the conversation blows my mind. Like that's so much more significant than, you know, to me, uh, a top 40 hit that, you know, made someone rich and, and allow, allowed them to buy a mansion. Mm-hmm. I mean, that's, that's amazing. That's super cool. But when it comes to the significance of the impact, I mean, I don't know. I, yeah. I, I think it's very nuanced. Honestly, It is nuanced. Cause then there's the, all the bands from the nineties that I loved, you know, that led me to do those projects that like maybe people don't talk about as much, but they still mean everything to me. It's just, yeah. it's, it, yeah. it is more magical that people, will talk about it still and it does move and it still can move people like fresh now like it's mind-blowing for sure and, and it's so so cool like because mm-hmm. that's awesome and that is the way the world works right like for to to get some influence from something and it move your world and then drive you to create and then some they're creating something new from that that's different 
and that's the way it should be. That's the only way it's ever going to be. I, I think there are so many unsung bands from, from yesteryear that I feel need to be a part of the conversation. Meryl being one of them. I think, <laughs> I think, I think, I think Meryl, yeah. that's so funny. You know, it's, it's, I love that Meryl has, has entered the, the room, but um, yeah. you know, there's so many bands that I've been so happy to share with, with, you know, younger punks and, and kids who like will ask like, Oh, so yeah. what, you know, what, what do you, what, what were you listening to or when well, you were growing up? I got one for you then. What's like your band from your hometown? Like that was one of your favorites that the local that, there were a couple that moved you. Well, there were a couple. There were a couple that helped kind of shape things at that point when we were younger. Um, mm-hmm. But just just doing a quick sifting through the archives. Um, so Connecticut, as you know, it, it, it's sandwiched between like Boston and New York. So there was a lot of bands that were coming through from New York and Boston, um, and the central hub was in New Haven. Uh, where there was this DIY all-ages venue called the Tune-In. Um, I've spoken about this a million times, but it's worth acknowledging because this is where it all happened for me and Jeff and Nick and a lot of a lot of kids back then who were going to shows. That was the spot. My first exposure to like the punk and hardcore scene was this weird mix of like metalcore bands and youth crew bands. Yeah. That's and, how it was. And Everything like was emo bands and fucking ska bands and like techno like DJs and shit. It was wild because, yeah, like you said, it, it was all this hodgepodge mix of underground music. But um, and of course, there, there were there were like hardcore shows and then there were mm-hmm. metal shows. But a lot of the stuff was mixed up. Like I referenced. Well, I'll, I'll tell you the Connecticut bands that are kind of popping out to me right now. Mm hmm. Uh, there was a band called In Vain, which um, I think they had a split seven inch with someone kind of known on a wider scale because because In Vain wasn't really they didn't really get beyond the the tri-state area, but they were uh-huh. a band that really stood out to me. Um, I remember specifically this show. It was in Hamden, which is just outside of New Haven. Mm-hmm. Uh, it was a house show. It was on the second floor. And I remember the bands that played, and you're going to love this. It was this band called Just the 14, uh, this band from New York, I think Long Island, called Half Man, uh, the band In Vain, and 400 Years headlined it. And I saw 400 Years that one and only time. And nice. I think it's when they had a seven, the, I forgot what the seven inch was, but it was such a beautiful, it was like this like natural cream colored paper. Mm-hmm. Um, anyway, the first time I heard 400 years, I fucking, it just, I couldn't believe, well, for one, their show live was something like on some other level, you know, the yeah. intensity and the presence. And I'm like, fuck, this is what I want to do. Like, this is amazing. And we took that seven inch home and just listened to it on repeat. And that's kind of what made us discover that world of, of kind of like other hardcore down in Virginia, you know, like sleep, like sleepy time. I didn't know that. Yeah. 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 You know, sleepy time trio, 400 years. Yep. You know, those, those were the real standouts for us. And yeah, uh, sleepy time. Yeah. Oh my God. Yes. I would love to maybe get them on the show at some point. If Oh yeah. I can get you, I can get you in touch with them. Yeah, 
that would be amazing um with jonathan at least absolutely oh man that'd be that'd be great um but but yeah so that was kind of like whoever you know yeah amazing thank you um but that show um was this weird mix of local bands and uh and then (laughs) lo and behold 400 years but yeah i don't know like connecticut just like had such a crazy mix of um you know i mean any any band on victory that came through i was just Mm -hmm. like oh man this is gonna be the big show like strife is coming or snapcase is coming and but there were so many so many bands back then when i was like 15 or 16 they were they were all just like east coast hardcore you know um but i would say that just the 14 were were kind of like the hometown heroes they start out um they start out as just sort of like this I don't know, like like traditional hardcore band with like a little bit of influence of Slayer and ja- Jamie Josta, Jamie Shanahan from Hatebreed. That was his first band, hence hence the name Jamie oh. Josta. So he was kind of like the guy, you know. He was sort of the the leader of of these types of um, bands coming through. And yeah, when Jamie Josta left Josta fourteen to start hate breed um just the 14 kind of took a turn in sound that they became like a little bit more experimental and they had a completely different style of singing it was this guy kyle his name is kyle mullins and he's actually the guy who who introduced me and jeff at the tune-in i was i was going to a show i showed up early because there was like a little in in in-house like record store that kyle was working at and then that's where he introduced me and Jeff. Um, I was looking at a Jesuit. I oh, was speaking of another. Um, well, I, was Jesuit from Richmond or uh, the beach area? They're, okay, they're yeah. amazing. Yeah. Amazing. Yeah. So I was looking at this seven inch, the first Jesuit seven inch. And Jeff's like, you should buy that. And so I bought it. It was with like the black sleeve with the chrome uh, typeface. And but um, yeah, my God, that was like a thousand years ago. Yeah. <laughs> But those are the special times. Like, that's what, like, formed you, you know? Brandon, I have I have one question for you before we we wrap this up. We're we're just at ninety minutes, which I think is perfect. This is kind of what I had carved out for us. Hopefully, I'm not keeping you too long. Um, oh no, you're keeping everybody else too long. <laughs> well, they can choose to to, to yeah. press stop, but I think they're going to listen to the very end. But um, <laughs> but speaking of the end, at least for this conversation, I have I have one question I wanted to ask and just see see how you uh, you respond to it. If you could call yourself at any age, like a phone call, and you only had 60 seconds, what would you say to yourself, and how old would you be? Man, this is like some Back to the Future shit. When's the first time I saw the movie Back to the Future? And I'd call myself and tell me the whole story plot. (laughs) Oh, my God. I could probably wrap it up in 60 seconds. Uh, I don't – that's a good question, Eric. I don't – this is like a question I would like to pass. You know how you can do like call a friend. <laughs> I would totally 100% call Mike Taylor and be like, take this question, bro. Oh, I, you're going to need to, you're yeah. going to, you're going to, you're going to floor everybody with this. This is, or, or is, or is Brewski call Chris, either one. 
both of them would just floor you, but you wouldn't get sixty second answer. There's a part of me that wants to call Mike and let's put that question him. out to him and, then, and, and, then and get incorporate this? it. Incorporate Here, let's it put it in. Let me call it in. Let's see if this works. Here we go. He's oh totally gonna. This is gonna bust everything. He's he never answers my calls. Oh my. Are God. you really calling him right now? Yeah, I'm. Totally oh my God. Put but the, the part about him never answering was totally just bullshit. <laughs> uh, hold on. I could call Chris too and do a, a duo. Then you'll you'll be that on another hour. And a, it would be another hour and a Here half. There we go. <laughs> Luckily, I have uh, unlimited unlimited recording. This coming through there too. Let's see. All right, everyone. So we're calling Mike Taylor of Page Ninety Nine. Hmm. Hmm. Uh, I think I don't have a friend. I picked the wrong friend to call. Kudos to you for avoiding the question, though. What question? What are you talking about? Oh, uh, um, uh, no, no, no. You don't get the whole phone number. <laughs> oh, <yeah. laughs>